entrepreneurship is great, but can also seem overwhelming. Wouldn't you like to know the pros, opportunities, and problems with different business and investment strategies before you jump in? Well then, welcome to Entrepreneurship Exposed. Alright, welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed, where we expose entrepreneurship every type of strategy that you can get into because you might have been lost and not sh- but we do it with a twist of business acquisitions mergers and acquisitions it is a very weird day <laughs> we have all types of issues that's happening but we don't let it stop us right that's how it is as an entrepreneur and crazy things but we got to find workarounds we got to figure out how to make things happen no matter what Most importantly, the way that we respond to the things that dictates our quality of life, right? Because off and my blood pressure start rising because of all the problems I had this morning. (laughs) And instead, (laughs) and our guest today, she's doing the same. We're talking. She was smiling right away. I, she was she was feeling exactly the pain I was going through about it, and she she has a storm. It may affect internet connection. Who knows? But we're gonna keep pushing through. So, welcome to our guest, Alyssa, flipping expert, the guru herself. Let's go, Alyssa. Welcome. How are you? <laughs> I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you reading about you you know i always do have a little dossier on our guests cool i like what she's doing so tell the people a little bit more about you and your background so that they can yeah yeah so i am primarily a furniture flipper so i take vintage and antique pieces that would otherwise be going to the garbage or sometimes that a client has from you know family members generations passed down and turn it into something that is usable again or pretty again functional again and in some cases just in the 2023 style and my business over time became also content creating and I share what I do, tips and tricks and DIYs, teaching other people how to do what I do and built a wonderful community over on Instagram of fabulous other furniture flippers and some friends who we've never would have made otherwise without this content creation community. So absolutely never would have expected life to be like this, but here I am. I have a degree in early childhood education. (laughs) Oh. Awesome. Love that though. That's like, that's like, you know, it happens all the time, right? College and we got this degree and maybe we start working in that field, mm-hmm. but often you start working in the field and you're like, this is not what I expected it to be. And then you yeah. know the path and then not everybody takes it, but what yeah. made you take that path and develop with early childhood education? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I grew up loving to teach, which I think then turned into, you know, my content creation stuff. But then my, my husband's in the military. And so he deployed and we had a daughter and there was already so much change going on in our lives. I decided to take a step back from teaching so I could stay home with her while he was gone for 10 months in Syria. And when he came back home, I was like, I don't think I 
want to go back. Like, <laughs> I love this so much. You know, I love being a stay-at-home mom. And so for a few years, that's what I did. I was a stay-at-home mom, but there was a part of me that just felt so unfulfilled. I love being a mom. It is my favorite role in life. But that felt like all I was. And I was losing myself and struggling with my mental health. And I started making our rentals because my husband's in the military feel more like home. And in doing all of that, I learned new skills. I'm completely self-taught. Everything I learned, I learned from a Google search or a YouTube video. And, <laughs> you know, and, and it. it turned, yeah, it just turned into a passion. And I was sharing mm. on my personal Instagram the things that we were doing. And my father-in-law jokingly said to me one time that he follows my Instagram to see the grandkids. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? Maybe I should move over to, to another account. And now here we are. <laughs> I've got clients all over the country. <laughs> that. Now, yeah. you said a bunch of things that I want to dig in on. Yeah. I don't even know which one of those to start on. Because first and foremost, so... You have that aspect of teaching again because you, you're yeah. teaching through your content, right? This can be a full-time entrepreneurial effort. Yeah. And then you also have your business. Yes. And I understand that they go together, so that's the mm -hmm. benefit. But the amount of time that you could sometimes need to put into creating content and curating it and posting Absolutely. and doing all of this and then engaging with your community and all of that, which is taking more of your time right now? The yeah, content yeah. side or the business side? So to be honest with you, it flip-flops back and forth. It really <laughs> depends on the season. So in around Christmas time, furniture flipping is not that profitable because understandably, people are spending their money elsewhere. Who gives a piece of furniture for a Christmas gift? You know what I mean? So <laughs> during that time, I put a lot more of my focus on content creation and, you know, being able to use monetizable links and things like that because of the Christmas season. And then in times right now, my furniture flipping is taking a lot more of my time than content creation. It's a really tricky balance to find, though, because you can very easily get burnout. I already have done that to myself more than once. And it took a while to find a balance. But yeah, it really flips back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have staff on like the team that helps you with the posting and all that type of stuff? Yeah, so I have an executive assistant who kind of handles my so i on instagram handle all of that when you're talking with me on instagram that is me all of the posting all of the commenting all of the dms that is really? me but tiktok yeah awesome. but tiktok facebook all other social media that's my executive assistant because i it was a hard thing for me to do because i don't like to relinquish control but <laughs> i understood that it was important for me to give something up because yeah. uh, I couldn't do it all. So she handles all of that. She also helps me with content planning. She does all my bookkeeping. She, you know, she does negotiations with brand contracts, things like that. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. And you, so Alyssa made the, the, the jump, the leap that we talk about on this podcast all the time is, you know, it's, it's based on the, the cash flow quadrant in the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And a lot of times, you know, people move from the E, employee, and they go down to self-employed. And then they stay there mm -hmm. too long because it's like, yeah, yeah, nobody can't do it like me. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just me. I'm going to do it. No, I don't yeah. want no one else. They can't do it. But we have to make that leap to the next quadrant as a business owner and put process systems and people in place so that the business can grow and scale more 
right? Because you can't do it all yourself forever. So that's a very <laughs> good leap. That you, I'm guessing, was there anything that made you be like, yo, I have to do this now? Like like some sort of factor yeah. that was going up right now or anything like that? Absolutely, absolutely. My My account grew very fast, very quickly. And I realized in order to keep up with that momentum and being able to monetize my account, something had to give. And I knew that that would mean at first it was like, well, hang on, if I'm paying an employee, that's less money in my pocket. But it turns out that it actually <laughs> is quite the opposite because now I have more hold time. Hold up. Reverse, <laughs> reverse. Say that again. So say it yes. with your chest loudly so everybody hears that again. Say that again. Yes. Yes. Please. So hiring an employee does not mean less money in your pocket, though it may seem that way. It allows you more time. So ultimately, it is more money in the pocket. Woo! That right there. Okay, so that's the end of the show, everybody. That's all you need to know. <laughs> because that, that right there You're is all the most now. important thing. <laughs> For real, though. That's awesome, Alexa. I love it. I love it. Now, we got to dig a little bit further, though, into what furniture flipping really is. Yeah. Explain it yeah. to everybody. Sure. So some people, I think... I get a lot of hate online for flipping furniture. <laughs> and I think some people think <laughs> that I'm grabbing a can of spray paint from Walmart and just, you know what I mean? And whoop, now I'm selling it to you for $800. Mm -hmm. And it's quite the opposite. You're taking vintage and antique pieces that would otherwise normally end up in the garbage or, you know, at a consignment shop and repairing damaged veneer. Up, you know, hardware is normally missing. New hardware, drawer liners, cleaning it up. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how many times I have had to completely reconstruct entire corners of dressers because they were just gone. And then on top of that is creating a piece that is aesthetically pleasing as well. So mm. taking something that was broken and not functional to usable again, good yeah. for the earth, good for your pocket because nice. <laughs> you're saving money. Honestly, you're saving money buying one of these than something yeah. that's not made of wood and more expensive. Yeah. And it is customizable to you and your design and your home. And it has just been such like a interesting world to get into because I have realized there are so many people that have held on to family heirlooms Ooh. that were pieces that were somebody's great grandmother. And they don't like how it looks in their home, but yeah. they can't bring themselves to get rid of it. Understandably so. And they'll bring it to me and be like, I love this. This was great Grammys. Can you please fix this for me? <laughs> and we do. And then they still have a piece of great Grammy in their house, but it fits their style, you know? You got me thinking now. <laughs> now, this, this is funny because I always tell the story. Uh, so, you know that I buy businesses, acquire yeah. businesses, right? And in business acquisitions, I always tell how I go after motivated sellers and mm -hmm. the, the motivated seller group that I like the most are retirees, right? Yep. So that, those are the baby boomers. They're all retiring this decade, right? Now, I always tell people who also want to learn about acquisitions, business acquisitions, that people would say, well, why would they even sell you the business? Why don't they give it to their kids? Because the kids don't want it. Right. And I always tell the story of when I was growing up, I thought this was just in Jamaica, I'm from Jamaica, but there's my mom had this big china cabinet 
that sat behind me. Uh, apparently, this is not a, just a Jamaican thing, but China cabinet that has all these fine china, like silverware and plates and stuff that we could never touch, but it just sat <laughs> there. And he'd always be like, oh, when I'm gone, that's going to be yours. And I was like, I don't want that. What am I going to do with that? But now I'm like, maybe Alyssa could do something to it for me and make it like aesthetically pleasing to me. Maybe I got some, I don't know, you're gonna put some Dragon Ball Z anime stuff on it because I love anime. I don't know. <laughs> but that's very interesting. I, I see how you're, I can see, I'm not gonna lie. When I first heard this, I was like, okay, is there really a big market for this? Do people right. really want that? And right. when you just said it, it kind of opened up to me like, yes. If it's mm -hmm. aesthetically pleasing to them, customized to them, I think. Yeah. So you do custom orders as well, not just, hey, I'm just going to refurb and that type of stuff? Yeah, yeah. I'd say about 50% of what I do is complete commissions. So either a client has a piece that they have already in their possession that they want me to flip, or they ask me to source a piece saying, hey, I'm looking for a China cabinet. This is the style I'm going for. And I'll find a piece like that on Facebook mm. Marketplace or something and then flip it in the style that they would like. Wow, I like. I didn't even know that this was really a thing. I yeah. mean, I guess it just made sense, but I just didn't know. So, listen, audience, this is what I'm talking about with entrepreneurship. There's so many lanes that you could go down. Mm -hmm. You really are passionate about furniture. Here you go. You're passionate about fixing things. Well, here's a different type of thing you could fix in itself, yeah. right? Now, now yeah. listen, when I first heard this, though, I thought it was as simple as retail arbitrage that you were doing, right? So, retail. Right is you know for the for the audience it's you you go to walmart you find something that costs ten dollars but it's selling on amazon for twenty dollars then mm -hmm. just go sell it on amazon right yeah. and that takes a lot of time this mm -hmm. is different but it almost seems like it takes more time right now yeah. because <laughs> i understand you have staff doing administrative work but is your staff doing mm -hmm. the refurbish and the you know the renovations too you're doing that's it all me Wow, that is amazing. Now you know you got to scale that though and bring in eventually bring in people to do Oh, those. for sure, for sure. Because, like, right now my husband's doing all free labor. Like, <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> like, honey, can you sand this piece down for me? <laughs> mm, I love, look at, the, look at the comment right there. People would pay good money for items that are sentimental to them. Yes, absolutely. I actually had a client recently who wanted to purchase a piece from me because the piece, I found it myself and flipped it myself. The piece was from 1931 and her grandmother who had just passed was born in 1931. And that made that piece super special to her. She's like, man, I man. need this piece. Oh man, this opens up so much more thoughts in my head right now, but yeah. I love this. I love this. So <laughs> You know what? I, I I would have probably waited till later to this, but I think I want to jump right now into our pop segment, right? Okay. So it's, it's time we're gonna go right into popping the furniture flipping industry overall, right? So let's talk about the pros of this business model. Yeah. So I would say, for me at least, the biggest pro is that I get to work from home. So I still can stay with my kids, which is really important to me personally. I know it's not for everyone, but it's something that I love doing. And another pro is that it gives me a creative outlet. It's something that allows me to take my love for design and style and not have to change up my own home every two weeks mm -hmm. and use, yeah, use my creativity and take that and turn it into a source of income. Nice, nice. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's one of the, 
questions that I used to get the most. I still kind of get the most from people. And it's like, oh, bees, I want to start a business, but I just don't know what to do. I just want to follow my passion. And I used to always say in the past, I would be like, yeah, but will your passion pay the bills? You got to be sure about that. first. Maybe find something that could pay the bills first and then use that cash flow to follow your passion. Now, obviously, when we're acquiring a business, you could jump right into your passion because you're acquiring it. It already got revenue. It already got customers. It already got process. It already got everything in play. But building it is like, I can't follow my my passion up front. But you basically already are following your passion because you like being creative. Right. So, mm-hmm. so tell me what was the most creative piece that you had to you know, fix up and sell? Oh goodness. I think one, one of the ones that I had to get extremely creative with less in the form of like hand painting, but really having to use my brain and be like, how can I save this piece <laughs> was a piece that it was a beautiful mid-century facet piece. And it was absolutely stunning. Okay. But missing all three middle drawers. It was a nine drawer. And all three drawers were completely missing. I think somebody tried to turn it into an entertainment center. And there was a giant oh. hole cut out of it. I was like, this is not going to work. I got it for free. Oh, so not <laughs> just the drawers missing, but like it was like, like cut. There was, yeah, there was oh, nothing wow. there. Like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, we got to figure something out here. So after a lot of just sitting and staring at it in my workshop, doing a bunch of different sketches, I decided we could turn it into still a functioning dresser using the other six drawers on the sides. And then I built a box that went into the middle and created a shelf. And then that way my client could slide baskets into there and still use it as a dresser, Mm. but it still looks pretty you know what i mean and i had to, that one really really stretched my creativity because I was like, <laughs> how do i fix this yeah yeah <laughs> i love it i love it that's what's up so definitely getting creative can be fun so you get yeah. to enjoy what you do love the challenge let's go let's go so okay let's shift into the opportunities are there anything mm-hmm. that's happening in the industry new opportunities that are coming to play why people might want to consider getting into this business soon yeah for sure so I think a lot of it actually has to do with the era that we are in of trying to be more eco-friendly as well as economically friendly to ourselves. And I cannot tell you how many people nowadays, especially now that furniture flipping is more prominent on social media and more people know what it is and that it exists, they're looking for high quality pieces that are made of wood (laughs) that Mm. aren't going to break the bank and now they're able to find you because of social media so now is absolutely the time to get in before the market is oversaturated because unfortunately sometimes that happens and things that become popular on social media yeah but it is very much there is a need for it right now i can't tell you how my clientele has boomed even just over the last year because more and more people know about it and more and more Mm. people are wanting to put less furniture in the landfill and yeah. support small businesses, so on. Yeah. And and I would say to elaborate on that a little bit more, I would imagine that those are like the best TikTok videos to post because imagine you, you're oh doing goodness. a project and then you do like a time lapse and you're going through how it's building and then they see the yeah. finished product. People love stuff like that. So you're right. That's absolutely that satisfaction of the start to finish. Those yeah. are my reels and, and TikToks that do the best. <laughs> oh, man. I'm about to change my whole industry now. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I would say one more opportunity. We kind of mentioned it earlier. 
the fact that sentimentality is an important factor of this, well, all the baby boomers are retiring and, you know, I don't mean to speak any negativity, but they will be passing as well soon. So there's a lot of turnover coming and there's more baby boomers in this country than there are the other groups. So a lot of turnovers and sentimentality. Oh, my grandparent died and this and that. And yeah, yeah, I need, you know, I would love to get this fixed. So getting in front of people to, for people to know that, yeah, you're the one to come to when it, when they're ready for that. That's definitely a great opportunity for people. I think. Yeah. Not to mention the baby Mm. boomer generation right now is in that stage of retirement. Right. So they don't have an active income unless they, you know, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't have an active income unless, you know, they save for retirement or things like that. So when they want or need a new piece of furniture, instead of wanting to spend money on something else, it's much easier for them to and cost effective for them to have these pieces flipped. And this is like backed by data because over 45% of my audience is over the age of 55. Ooh, so here we, yeah. here we go. Another important factor that Alyssa just mentioned is know your numbers, not just your financials, but know your customer audience, know their, their demographic, know, you know, where they're from, their age, all of that, because that also helps you to make decisions. If you know most of, you know, what do you say? How many, what percentage is over 55? Over 45%. Is over 45% is over 55 years old. Yep. So now Alyssa is going to probably do some more reels that are that would resonate with that older audience too, right? Exactly. So definitely important to know your audience and all of your numbers. Now, the most important part of pop, and that's the problems, right? Because we on on in an, on the internet, people post about everything that they do, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm f- flipping furniture now. I'm driving Lamborghinis. You should too." They <laughs> <laughs> gotta be problems that you had to go through yeah. obstacles you had to climb over they're not things that would stop you from or regret that you went down this route but it's just things that people should know so that they could be successful too what are some yeah. of those problems i would say that that is twofold one on the side of furniture flipping and one on the side of taking that furniture flipping content online in the furniture flipping aspect it is a lot of work you see these 60 second reels of the project sped up and it looks wonderful and beautiful and so satisfying but the reality is most furniture flippers spend one to two weeks sometimes more lots of money on products hours and hours sanding it is a lot of work it looks beautiful in the end because of the work that is put into it. <laughs> so don't let those 60 second reels fool you or the sped up time lapses yeah. that show 30 seconds of sanding that actually took two and a half hours. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. You know, it, it is a lot of work. But then on the content creation side of things, people get very upset <laughs> when you paint furniture. And what? I don't know why. <laughs> I, I understand there are pieces especially because i'm working on vintage and antique pieces there are pieces that hold value absolutely and if they're in beautiful wonderful condition i wouldn't paint them (laughs) i do restore some pieces but the pieces that i paint i paint them either a because my client asked me to or b because i couldn't save it and it needed to have too much repair done that would not match the wood and had to be painted and people get very very angry (laughs) when you paint (laughs) furniture right like what what do they say 
oh my goodness i literally told somebody that i or, I'm, I'm sorry i told somebody somebody literally told me that i need there was a hill in the background of one of my reels and he told me that i should tumble down the hill <laughs> are you serious oh my goodness. i am dead serious no, but, but, there was I somebody else. why i don't understand why like exactly and, oh you don't know why either <laughs> right i don't know i don't know wow. i think that people just want want to see a beautiful piece of furniture understandably and, and i will say that a lot of the hate comments i get are from people of the generation when that furniture was Everything. normal to be in a home and i think okay. it kind of hits something for them in their nostalgia and they're like how okay. could you take something that was so beautiful and we wanted that so badly growing up and yeah. we didn't have the money for it now how could you do this to it and it makes them really upset so you get lots wow. of nasty comments lots of nasty dms and you're exposing yourself to that you know that when you go online but it doesn't make it a little less like stingy sometimes you know so again Alyssa just an emphasize what we just mentioned knowing your audience because I don't think 30-year-old people will be complaining about you painting the furniture. But right. now that you just you know, gave me some insight into what it could possibly be, and then I remember, oh, yeah, and your, a lot of your audience is that age, yeah. now it makes sense. But you won't know that if you don't focus on knowing who your audience is, and then you got to figure out exactly. what really resonates to them. So, oh, man, this yeah. is awesome. This is interesting. Yeah. I'm totally in shock that people would be upset about that, but I guess... I guess I could understand it from their yeah, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, you would prefer it being a garbage instead of me painting it? Well, yeah, okay. that's the thing. I mean, you, the way people respond sometimes, you would think that I was doing just the worst heinous crime in the world. <laughs> it is so funny to me. It's honestly, it's entertaining. I used to be like hurt by it, but I learned very quickly, like, if I, they can say what they want about my art because art is subjective. I don't care and I can measure my own success. I don't need to let somebody I don't know on the internet try and measure my success for me. You know, there we go. There we go. And, and another valuable lesson for everyone is whatever your business is, whatever your lane is, you, you once you start having some, you know, inkling of success, mm -hmm. you have some haters too. And yes. it, I've learned don't engage with them. I, it hurt me. I don't know. I'm a, I think I'm a likable person and I have, you know, I don't have anybody that really hates me that I know of, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. But wow. When, when the first few like terrible messages or comments came in, when I started, you know, getting some notoriety or whatever, I was like, why would you think that? Like, I'm such a, I'm such a nice guy. I'm just trying to help people. Why, what do you mean? <laughs> I want to like respond and be like, no, what are you talking about? No, I would never do. But no, yeah. if somebody's being negative, they want to be negative. And nothing mm -hmm. you say is going to probably change their mind. It's only going to drag you down into the mud with them. So absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Absolutely. I have learned in those situations, the best thing to do, at least for me, Instagram does not realize when a comment is a nice comment or a mean comment. All they know is that there is engagement. But I refuse to give people that leave nasty comments the satisfaction of getting me riled up. So my go-to response is, thank you so much for your super helpful input. <laughs> <laughs> hey, team, please document that and let's start using it. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. <laughs> That's it. It's, to me, it's, it's, it's my little like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it for sure. Okay, so let's go into something else really quick. Team, drop it in the chat for me in a private chat and let me know if we have 
that thing for Alyssa already. Cause I would love to talk about that in, in a moment. So drop it in the chat for me team. So I know, and then I'll continue going here, but Alyssa, now my question to you is how, what are your plans to scale your business? So we actually just sat down and had a team meeting in the beginning of the year to discuss exactly that. And if I may, I encourage all entrepreneurs to do that. Sit down with your team at least once a year and say, these are our goals for this year. And here are reasonable ways that we can work to achieve those goals. So we just did that. And one of our biggest things was I was just a sole proprietorship for a little while and we actually just became an LLC. So that was like a big thing for us that would allow me to now have employees on payroll and continue to scale my business. So I am actually looking into hiring some more um employees on the back end of things as well as <laughs> as silly as it may sound. I need help at home so that I can expand and take on more projects for clients because I have a wait list that goes months and months mm. and I can't do that. So it's holding my business back because I have to turn down clients and I don't want to have to do that because I enjoy it. So as hard as it is for me to do because society, I think kind of tells us otherwise, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I need to hire a nanny and I need some help. You know, and yes. no, 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 no. Oh, hold up. Let's stop there for a second. Right. Sure. Because that is something that I, I advocate for as well. When, when somebody hears that I have a nanny, which I don't have right this very moment, we're in between that. Yeah. But when, when someone hears that I have a nanny, they're like, oh, well, you must have money. You have a nanny. I'm like, okay, right. well, I'm like, do you have a gym membership? And they may say yes. And I'm like, okay, well, you decided that your fitness is important to you. Mm-hmm. So you put money towards the gym membership to pay it each month. Right. You may think that the nanny looks, oh, you must have money if you have a nanny. But no, I decided that I really need to focus on certain things related to business in order to have revenue coming in that I want. Mm -hmm. And I can't do it when I got to pick up the kids and and then make dinner and then all of this stuff. So budgeting for that is a priority for me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm rich in any way. It is expensive, but so is childcare, period. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You you, You know, see what you can do to be most effective in the goals that you have. And if my goal is that, Hey, I'm trying to build these businesses or these empire or whatever to provide for my family. Well, I got to figure out how to do that while also being there for them and making sure they're taken care of and all that. If I was doing this call right now and you know, the kids were in the other room or something, I need the nanny to kind of just hold them for a second while I'm here. focused, right? So I think it's a hundred percent important as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Definitely. And it's, I understand a hard leap to take because I feel that (laughs) I I get it, but it is, I think so important because also it's good for my children because there are times where maybe this makes me a bad mom, but there are times where I'm like, honey, I got a call with a brand and they get popped in front of Bluey for two hours. My kids, (laughs) my kids need more engagement than that. You know what I mean? Like, so it's good for them too. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And listen, Hey, we're all, we all do. It don't make you no bad mom at all. We all do these type of things (laughs) at times. And, you know, we're just trying to find our way through life and, you know, we got to, we got to adapt. To be honest, I don't understand why my kids want so much attention because (laughs) when I was young, I was like, nah, I'm good, ma. I'll be outside. Dinner. <laughs> but things change this, I guess. Um, so going back to the whole scaling your business, good, good examples. You need to hire more people. 
potentially get new space that those people could be in space for them to work on the different furniture, maybe scale your social media to get more customers coming in. There's a bunch of things that you could do, but the way that the wealthy, I'm not talking about the rich, I'm saying the truly wealthy scale their businesses is by acquiring another business, right? So you, you want to build up your business and you like, Oh, I need to really focus on marketing. I'm gonna hire a bunch of people and create a marketing team and department or, I go acquire a marketing company and roll it into this one. And it's already working and they already got all the people that's trained in the processes and all of this stuff. And yeah. they also got clients too. So there's additional revenue coming in separate from just help, or maybe they, they stay separate and they, my other company is just a client of that company, but I own both of them. So, you know, right. So yeah. th- those acquisitions, have you thought of that yet? Acquiring a company. I do have some top secret things in the works for this year. There we go. Let's go. (laughs) And she did it with this this show. (laughs) We're very excited. Well, well, then maybe this gift that I have for you, you really will like that. Team, (laughs) team, let's go ahead and put up one of two gifts. So you're only going to get this one right now, but we'll talk afterwards for for others. Now, just knowing a little bit about you and doing some research and things and saying, hey, I buy businesses all the time. So let me find a potential business for our guest that's related to the industry. What would you think if I gave you all the details for this? It's in your state. It's established in 85. So they've got tons of history. Right, right. Now they're asking 4.3 million, right? Uh But some people get scared when they see that. And then I tell them, listen, don't get scared about that. First and foremost, the way to acquire a, a regular, like, the, the, I'm sorry, the traditional way to acquire a business is the same way you go buy a house. Do you have $600,000 in your pocket to buy that house? No, you go to get a bank loan and they pay for right. it, right? So it's the same right. thing in business. But there's also other ways like LBOs. We'll talk about that in a second. So <laughs> $4.3 million they're asking. They're keeping out of their $4.3 million, their EBITDA, that's their profit, is 1.3 million mm-hmm. and within that price it also comes with was that 637,000 of FF&E furniture fixtures and equipment that's probably already furniture that you know they're in the middle of well it's a furniture retail business so furniture they're yeah. selling and whatnot with a business like this it's a retail business they probably not maybe they're not doing the renovations of antiques and such but with right. something like this merge well with your business and now you got the resources of this one, maybe the, 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 the warehouse they got, the whatever other facilities, plus the customers that now you can say, hey, we also have a line of restored antiques furniture and that type of stuff. Would this be helpful for you? That sort of a thing is absolutely because it's 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 storefront, something that I don't yet have. <laughs> mm. It's storefront. Now my exposure is all online. Ooh, okay. Okay. So you, you're telling me you like this gift? okay well cool what i'm gonna do after this call team you can put it down now what i'm gonna do we'll make sure the team sends this one to you give you the the connections to contact them if you wanted to know more and if you want me to help in any way and how to do the acquisition you could always reach back to me i got you for sure all right awesome awesome so Alyssa, now what would you say to What's it like your top two pieces of advice? I know we went over pros and problems and all that stuff, but top two pieces of advice for anyone that wants to get into this industry as well. Sure, sure. I think that one of the biggest things, because I get this question actually asked pretty frequently online is, I want to get into this. 
how do I start? <laughs> it's like, whoa, 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 back up. <laughs> like, first, you need to consider some things here. And I think one of my biggest things is, do you have the, as, as dumb as it kind of sounds, <laughs> do you have the drive to do this? Because it's not something that you are going to want to invest thousands of dollars in tools in. Mm. And then three months from now decide it's not for you. So is this something that you have to drive to really get into because it does actually have quite an investment to start. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, I would say, do you have an area or do you live in an area or have access to a storefront that is an area that has a need for this? So I have furniture flipping friends that live also in Tennessee, but they're closer to Nashville. So their pieces sell double what mine sell at. And then I have other friends that are in more rural areas and really struggle to sell pieces. So you have to consider where you are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. All right. Any other top two? Any other yeah, thing? You yeah. To- yeah. So, and then I would also say you have to consider the quality of products that you're using too, because if you are going to use, you know, inexpensive paints, stains, sealants, because it's a lower cost for you upfront that's going to reflect in the quality of your work. And therefore you won't be able to charge as much. Whereas I use mostly luxury products because they stand the test. And I don't always think that more expensive is better. We all know that that's not always the case, but in the products that I use, the reason they're more expensive is because of the extra that they offer. Uh, And so using those, even though it's more expensive for me, makes a difference because I know without, any doubt that my client's piece is going to last them and they're not going to be disappointed in six months that paint has chipped off and i'm able to work that cost into the cost of the piece anyhow so don't skip out on the products make sure you do your research and find products that are good quality that are going to last your clients because that is honestly that's your impression that they have of you and if you want repeat clients you need great pieces and and word of mouth right you want them to refer you so yeah. Quality, location, and mm-hmm. drive. Yeah. Are the three main things that you said. Okay. Got yeah. you. I love it. I love it. Let's go. So is there anything that now I preach that you should diversify, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, running a business is an amazing thing, an amazing feeling. It's got a lot of ups and downs, but it's still an amazing yeah. feeling. But at some point, it depends on what's most important to each person, right? And what's more important to me, and I think to you, based off of some of the things that I've heard you say, is your family and being able to spend time mm-hmm. with the kids and that type of yep. stuff, right? So at some point, do you want to pull yourself out of the business so that right, you right. just get your time back and then yeah. maybe start diversifying onto other things? Yeah. I don't think I could ever see myself completely stop creating, at least. I I just love doing the pieces so much. It's truly enjoyable for me. But I can definitely see myself scaling back on social media, hiring more of a team on that, you know. And then I'm also in some top secret projects (laughs) with some (laughs) brands this year in the DIY space in DIY products. So that is going to expand things as well. (laughs) And then that way, those are things that I don't have to sit down and physically work on, you know, 10 hours a day. 
it's you know obviously still have involvement in but another set of income <laughs> i'm looking forward to the day when somebody asks you what you're up to and then you say oh well i'm in some top secret projects with bees so can't <laughs> <laughs> and then we go get some stuff done. Let's go. <laughs> but, oh man, listen, it, this is this is a great convo. I, I have more questions, but I think I would go well over our time if I continue down that. Yes. Route because, <laughs> like, this is one of the things I've never really even, like I said, I, I, I know of retail arbitrage, but I just never really yeah. thought about it from the furniture perspective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, here's a final question for you. And I know your audience is. is heavily on the older side mm -hmm. what do the younger generations think of you know think of this business or, or is there yeah. an, a, a desire from them are you able to tap in with them where you know again this sounds all morbid but as as your older audience starts to pass on and now the the, the younger generations can become your audience are you pivoting a different way for them targeting yeah. them a different way anything like that yeah. So I actually sat down with my executive assistant recently. She's a data nerd. And she was like, here's the people that are in this age bracket. Here's the people that are in this age bracket. This is the content they're subscribed to and following. Like She went all in. And this is the content they're subscribed to and following. And we are tailoring our content to that. So we created a content plan that allows my my Instagram to be more geared towards my older audience and my TikTok, which is like the trendier things is more geared towards my younger audience. And I'm also trying to do a nice mix of pieces that my older audience would appreciate, which typically tends to be, you know, more neutrals, simple, classy pieces. And I also make sure to include pieces that my younger audience would appreciate more bold colors, the deep moody thing that everybody is so into right now mm. and going and having fun when I'm staging my pieces. So we're really making an effort to know who our audience is. I cannot recommend that enough. Look at your analytics yeah. and know your audience and tailor your content to them. Because if you're just putting content out and you don't know who it's for, it's not going to do well. Definitely. Hey, you're, I think it's g great for everybody to have a data scientist on their team too, because yeah. that will help with those type of things. I have one, one of my partners, she's a neuro neuroscientist, but she okay. operates like a data oh, wow. scientist because she's looking at the psychology of things and how people yeah. are looking at stuff. She's actually in the audience right now too. And she'll, she'll be, she'll say things like what you just said. Okay. You need to do go focus on these and do, don't say this to them and we we'll do this and that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm doing whatever I'll do it. <laughs> you know? But it's always good to have a, a, a strong team. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, so listen, we have a challenge. Actually, I saw it just pop up again. Somebody was, Britt was mentioning that you need to be at our table. Now I have a challenge that is in effect. It's not like a Tide Pod challenge or whatever, you know, young folks was doing before. <laughs> this is a <laughs> this challenge. This challenge is called the Trillion Dollar Table Challenge. Mm -hmm. Trillion Dollar Table Challenge by the end of this decade. So you got a whole seven years left to go. At the end of this decade, I want to sit at a table with average people like us in this room. And we have a trillion dollars AUM. Now, most people, they they like, what? Trillion dollars? How you got a trillion dollars in your pocket? That's crazy. Well, assets under management is not money in my pocket specifically. 
right? It means that I control businesses. I control real estate. I have a real estate portfolio, a stock portfolio, Forex, this and that, crypto, art, whatever. And we have, it equates to a billion, trillion dollars collectively amongst us all under management. Mm-hmm. Will you be at that table? Absolutely. Ah, yes. We are working towards it. We got lofty goals. Let's go. And (laughs) some people say, is that a rhetorical question? Because of course I'm going to be at that table. But I I know some people who say, nah, I I really just like the simple life. I don't want to go any path. Anyway, I made it to $1 million and I'm staying there. I don't have any desires of growth. And hey, to each their own. But that's why I asked the question because I want to see, will you be at that table? And I love what you're doing so far amazing I, i'm looking forward to you scaling i'm looking forward to my custom piece that yeah. i got to figure out to do with the china cabinet <laughs> and i'm looking at so much more <laughs> <laughs> but Alyssa, thank you i will look forward to seeing you at the trillion dollar table thank you for awesome. an amazing story everything that you're doing i love it it's awesome and just for your business tips that you've given to the audience today all right. So thank you. Tell the people where they can find you, how to connect with you. And we'll make sure we also put it in the description below. Yeah, sure. So I am at the things we built on every single social media platform there is right now. And I also have a website, thethingswebuilt.com, where you can see some of my pieces and some of my favorite DIY products, blog posts, all that fun stuff. Awesome. Awesome. And on IG, it's underscore between each, between each letter, between yes, each word. Yes. So yes. At the underscore things underscore we underscore built. On, no, yes. No yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll drop it in the description below for everybody. Alyssa, thank you so much. It's been amazing talking to you. Looking forward to connecting much more and doing many, many, many things. And I wish you the best in your journey as a content creator so and as the furniture flipping queen of Tennessee, of the United States. Not Tennessee. <laughs> the world. No, not the United States. The world. We, we go, we're going big, right? We're going big. Alyssa Lofty. will be that. There we go. There we go. All right, everybody. Thank you again for joining us with another episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed with your guy Bees. And our guest today was Alyssa, the furniture flipping queen. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure you're subscribed to this channel on YouTube, to all podcast streaming platforms. You have Entrepreneurship Exposed ready at your, your fingertips to listen to uh, so you don't miss conversations like this. Right. Because you would have I didn't know that furniture flipping was a thing like that. And now I know. And now I'm you know, about to do some stuff in the areas in the industry. So, listen, do not miss this information. If you want to take your wealth creation to a whole nother level, I will see you on the next episode. Let's go. <laughs> All right.